Crafty Radio, episode 420, on Which April 29th, 2017. And welcome, everybody, to Craft Beer Radio, our 420th episode, which unfortunately we couldn't get on, done on April 20th, but because that would have been just a perfect. <laughs> great would have been stone. Oh, man, it would have been so great. All right, so we have six beers tonight uh, two from breweries, one I purchased, and three from Dave. Oh. Dave's parents were out in Kansas. Dave's not here, man. <laughs> It just keeps playing through, doesn't it? Um, his parents were out in Kansas, and they just came back and set us up with a nice care package. So this first one's a lager. Seems like one of the lighter beers we'll have tonight, so let's open with that one. The Roller Chain. And this is from Kansas Territory Brewing Company. So this is, they call it on their website, a true American Pilsner. Uh 9 IBU, 5.4% alcohol by volume. Uh, looks like Roller Chain refers to a bike because that's what's on their website, a big bike. Not on their This website. label has a motorbike on it. Something like that. Mm. Some kind of... Some sort of chain attached to a roller of some sort. To, to wheel transportation. So the color is uh, a straw, very, cre- very clear... Lots of uh, lots yeah, of carbonation. This one's curious, right? Because like the brewing brewery name is like barely on the label. Yeah, I was looking at. I was trying to find the brewery name, and I just searched for Roller Chain. But yeah, there here it is in the back. But they obviously aren't Some putting the, forward their... their other beers. Put the brewery name more prominent, but for some reason, you know, maybe this is their flagship. Mm-hmm. Maybe they just want roller chain to, you know, give me a roller chain. Right. Yeah, that could be what they're going for. All right, the aroma on this one, uh, it's it's a cloudy yellow. It's not cloudy for me. Oh, look at that. Okay, so it is a non-filtered pilsner. Wanna, you know, let's let's exchange. Yeah, we're gonna blend a little blend bit here, here so we get the equal. Yeastiness, you know, mine was more like a Keller vi- or a Keller Pills. A little bit better. There we go. Yeah, it's, it's reasonably clear, not completely clear. A little hazy. Uh, there's a nice, but fingers worth of shaving cream head on there. The aroma is great. I like, love this aroma. It's very biscuity. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of toffee note in there, or something like that, where it's a little bit sweeter. The hops are light, but still present. You know, you're getting kind of a I guess like a howler tower type thing where it's just a slight bit spicy but a little herbal as well. I can barely get the hops. Yeah, it, the, the malt does lead, but I mean, I'm getting able like, like right there, there's a little crack where the hops are kind of peeking through. I'm wondering if there's any honey malt in here because it kind of tastes up front mm-hmm. like there's yeah sort of some sweetness that I would associate with honey malt. Yeah, it definitely has a um, sweetness to it. I, I like this malt flavor a lot. It's a uh, take another sip here. It's not particularly hoppy, um, not really noticeably, but it's not so oversweet. It doesn't get mm-hmm. cloying, so it's. The hops are obviously there, but just, I think, in pittering. 
right. Yeah, on the flavor, they're not as I, I you know I thought I could smell them. The flavor, they're not really that apparent. The bitterness is yeah. is moderate there. Um, this is a little bit of a, of a honeyness, a little bit of a English muffin esque. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's not one where we're going to like deep dive on yeah. um, exotic descriptors. They call it an American Pilsner, so this is not a Czech Pilsner, nor is it a uh, a Bohemian. Yeah, Pilsner. I mean, you know, without actually looking into it more closely, I would think that's a pretty general shorthand, right? It's yeah. a it's a light beer, probably lagered, you know, without any. But this is not a, a cap. No, classic American Pilsner. No, it definitely doesn't taste like there's six, which row. is like um, Budweiser and things like that are, are caps. Eh, not really. What was so a Budweiser? What is it? More of a rice? It's beer? called a premium lager. Okay, or something like that. Classic American Pills is a six row beer. Oh, so like um, Red Stripe. Um, Pabst. You, know, you know what? I don't know if I ever had a Red Stripe. Okay, it's a, it's, it's the same thing. <laughs> I know, but I'm, I'm just I'm yeah. just saying, kind of as an aside. I don't think I've ever had one. I'll have to. Put that on my bucket list of bad beers to okay. try. So grain only. Well, no, because some some caps have corn in them, right? Yeah, no corn, but but the, they, they, uh, six row is kind of okay. Six row malt is kind of not barley only, but a, a, tra- a you know a, a mainstay mm-hmm. of classic American pilsners. Or even when you think American pilsner, like the this label says, but I mean this really has a nice smooth body right. sweetness. You know, this isn't necessarily the kind of flavors I expect out of a six road beer either. So I wouldn't expect six road to be. We're, we're jumping in on, on some, uh, what, what seems, what may seem like crazy stuff for those who don't know the difference between six row and two row. There's two different kinds of barley. There's essentially there, there are barley that have, um, two seeds per, per layer, per layer. And barley has six seeds per layer. Yeah. The two row, they grow, Kind of left, right, left, right. It looks almost like a, a herringbone, or if you look, you know, like a tractor track or something like that. And then six or a row, fern. yeah, yeah. And six row, if you kind of look down from the top, it's kind of hexagonal. Kind mm-hmm. of grows in, you know, in six sides around the, the the cone or around the stalk. So the six row is is more output for a single, you know, six row. Barley. Yeah, it is um, higher, higher yield, out, higher yield per acreage. Um, the grains are smaller, not as plump. They do have a higher diastatic power. And what that means is, and this is why a lot of six row beers use other adjuncts like corn or rice, because there's extra enzymes in six row that can convert starches in grains that don't come with their own oh. enzymes. Where two row has enough enzymes to do itself and maybe a little more. Six row has enough enzymes to do itself and a lot more. So that's why you can do rice and corn with six row beers and not necessarily see the same. You don't necessarily see the same thing done with two row. You'd need a higher percentage of two row to have the quota of enzymes needed to convert. Could you introduce enzymes artificially? Sure. But, you know, brewing back in the day when these kinds of, these kinds of uh, recipe formulations were made, didn't really have the chemistry on hand to, artificially develop enzymes. Mm -hmm. 
You had to get to, them from nature allow, somewhere. The new enzymes again allowed the conversion of the malt to the uh, the the the, pro, the conversion of the um, carbohydrates in the grain into sugar into simpler sugars. Right. Yeah, it changes into a starch that is you know able to be converted in the mash. Right. Um, all right. No, I'm sorry. I misspoke. That that's actually I'm thinking of the malting process. No, in the mash, right? You have starches in barley. You have starches in corn, for example. The corn doesn't bring any enzymes to the party, but Sixer brings plenty of enzymes for everybody. Mm-hmm. Cool. That was a nice way to start. That was good. Yeah, it's not one you would, you know, geek out over on a podcast, but it was a good drinker mm-hmm. and just not a ton to say about it that was the roller chain from kansas territory brewing let's go on to a uh classic yeah so this was uh i don't know if sent to us is the right word but it was uh hand delivered hand delivered uh from the supplier to great lakes or supplier of great it was lakes. the local brewery rep. brewery rep uh this is holy moses white ale 5.4% alcohol by volume, 20 IBUs. As you said, a classic. Uh, won the World uh, Beer Championship gold medal back in 1996. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a beer that uh, we probably would have done on episode three when we were calling it Vit Beer if we could get our hands on it. <laughs> it just, but I don't think it made the, the lineup on that one. But it was certainly around. Um, it hasn't always been in, like, wide distribution. You know, like... There's been, there was a big, long period of years where I don't think it was being packaged. And uh, it's being re-released package-wise in their like current seasonal. I see. The Holy Moses, in this case, refers to Moses Cleveland, who uh, is the founder of the city of Cleveland, where Great Lakes resides. Yeah, as you probably know, every Great Lakes beer has some tie to Cleveland. Not everyone. Some of them are just called, like... Blah, lager. So it's. Oh, Dor- except for Dortmunder Gold, I guess. Hey, Dortmunder Gold. Um, turntable Pills. I guess you That's could say the Rock, rock and Roll, and roll Hall of Fame. Fame. Uh, let's see. You're going to be hard pressed to find one other than Dortmunder that's not uh, tied to the city or Lightkeeper Blondale. Lighthouses on the Lake. Hot by Numbers IPA. I'm not sure what that one's for. That's a new one. Oh, Grand, I guess Grande Lagos Lager. Well, we we did that one last time, right? right. They're, they're talking about how it's the um, South something, you know, because it's the South Shore of Lake Erie. Oktoberfest Christmas Ale Imperial Hasferatu okay, Imperial Christmas Ale. Fine. Red Ale rather. There might be a devil in Black, Cleveland. Well, Blackout Stout does refer to the blackout that occurred. Yes. So. Okay, fine. There are exceptions. <laughs> But I mean, some of their more famous beers, obviously, Burning River. Yep. There's one point yeah. the Cuyahoga River caught on fire. Well, and there was one you didn't mention, which, again, doesn't have anything to do with Cleveland, but Oats McDonald. Okay. Which is like a oated pale ale mm. that just came out. And, of course, Edwin Fitzgerald Porter. <coughs> didn't even talk about this one before going into drinking it. Well, now we can. Yeah. Um, so the color is um, kind of strawish golden. There's lots of uh, particles of stuff inside. Uh, so it's definitely not filtered. Um, not smelling much today. 
This one's not really giving off a ton of aroma right now. Let's see if I can open it up with the old twisty glass trick. That's where I tilt the beer over until it's about an inch from spilling out and just rotate the glass along its axis. That covers the entire glass with the beer, so you get more surface area, mm -hmm. which releases more aroma. Yeah, it's really not giving off a ton of aroma. I'm smelling a little bit of a spice. Um, actually, to me, it's more like cardamom than coriander. Oh, this one says brewed with spices and chamomile. I guess that's what I'm smelling. Chamomile. Chamomile must be what I'm smelling. So, yeah, orange peel, chamomile, and coriander. Hmm. So the chamomile is kind of like a... Maybe playing with the yeast and playing with the wheat that's in there. Kind of getting this like vanilla-y thing. Almost like... A uh, flowery, yeah. Flowery and vanilla-y, yeah, like... You know, it's springtime, flowers are blooming, and you catch a whiff of some pollen or something. Mm -hmm. you get like, a, like if you get a sweet smell of pollen, I'm going to add a little bit. I like that pollen-y, yeah. Smelling a little, you know, now I'm starting to open up a little bit. I'm getting kind of a little bit of grassiness, like lemongrass, you know, that kind of thing, like traditional whip beer aroma. You know, I'm getting a little bit of... Yeah, you got to get through some of that flowery taste and stuff to get into... Because mm -hmm. uh, I'm... I'm drinking it right now so um it starts off kind of flowery and 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 uh, uh the card bombs very apparent too um but then some of the malt is coming through some of the wheat that wheat tang is coming through once you get through understanding the first couple flavors yeah it has a spiciness that's kind of like cardamom but uh, i don't think that's in there right it's coriander and chamomile mm. it does kind of come across yeah, like it cardamom. Comes, comes across like cardamom I would have said definitely there was cardamom in here. So. Mm -hmm. Good drinker. It's it's definitely on like the sweet and malty side. It's not a very crisp wit beer. Mm -hmm. I'm not complaining about that. Um, the the body is full, satisfying. It kind of has a a slickness to it or a very lubricated type feel. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, in terms of funny stuff. There's always funny little description shit on, on okay. various websites. This one, this one, this beer pairs with, according to them, seafood, light cheeses, and civic pride. <laughs> but it's Cleveland. Mm. We hate Cleveland. Apparently, so they say the packaging is in the fridge filler variety pack, which is, I assume, what this mm -hmm. came in. So yeah. I guess this is only being sold as, as part of that, like you mentioned. Yeah, the fridge filler had the paint by numbers, the uh, Oats McDonald, um, Holy Moses, and maybe Burning River or something like that. I can't recall. Toys effect shoot. Okay, here we go. Malts: uh, Harrington Two Row for the base, wheat and oats. Uh, these Mount Hood hops, uh, orange peel, coriander, and chamomile. Okay, so oats would really make sense in this thing. We were talking about how it kind of had mm -hmm. this slick, lubricated type body, and how kind of full it was. That's that's right up oats' alley. That's what oats are just doing. Absolutely. So. Okay, next. Where do we go from here? Let's do the Saison uh, from the homebrew competition. Okay, so uh, Sam Adams sent us this beer, the Long Shot Barnstrom Saison. Thank you, Sam Adams. Um, this, let's see what we got here. So, 
Once again, is there a long shot competition? They get home brewers and, and people in their... Uh, Two home brewers and one employee yeah. homebrew contest winner. So this guy is David Cusino's Barnstorm Saison. Uh, English hops. Pepper from the, male, from the Belgian yeast. 7.8% alcohol volume. This guy is a pharmacist. Here's his quote. In my profession, a pharmacist, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it's his 15 minutes of fame. Yeah, yeah, no, I get him. it, but it's just, but no one, no one who's listening cares. Uh, this is uh, golden in color. Yeah, definitely darker than a, than a Saison. Has this rich gold, like gold bar type yeah. color. You know, when you're in movies and you have... Yeah, almost bronzish. Not quite as red as, as traditional bronze, but, you know, getting close there. The aroma is kind of caramel and toffee-like. A little bit of pepperiness coming off of it. So it's pretty high alcohol for a saison at seven point eight percent. So we're you know in we're in relatively high territory. It's more like an imperial farmhouse. <laughs> I don't know. I would place saisons at you know slightly above. Five, you know, at five, eight to it's seven. close to eight. Yeah, it's to the top end of. It's not like it's fifteen percent. The uh, the yeast much. kind of the yeast smell that's coming off this kind of reminds me of a little bit of Omegang, oh like Omegang oh Double or something like that. But then also a little bit of like Unibrew's like earthiness as well. Yeah, I'm not getting like bubblegum or uh, barnyard or anything like that. I'm getting more Belgian-y, mm-hmm. kind of sweet. Yeah, so there's like a little bit of like Abbey Double type malt and flavor in this one. You get some prunes. Right. You get uh, kind of a toffee bread pudding type thing as well. Now, it's not as full-bodied as a Abbey Double would be. Nor is the it, carbonation quite like it is. Yeah, I mean, it's not like a Trappist. Like right, yeah. It's not like um, Chimay Red or mm-hmm. something like that where you have this super high carbonation on that as well. It's kind of just plainly carbonated. But, I mean, it doesn't... It kind of fits with... Uh, like Omegang, right? Like Omegang Abbey. Kind of fits with that. The flavor is coming off kind of like caramel apple with... Ooh, uh, that's a good call. Yeah, like a candied apple. With like... I don't know, maybe some grape notes there too. I like your caramel apple. I mean, that really sums up a lot of what I'm tasting in two tiny words. (laughs) Okay. A little bit... A little bit of... um, Slightly uh, black pepper notes on the end. Just more flavor than mm-hmm. like actual pepperiness. And I mean, the yeast is probably providing a lot of the sweetness here. Uh, a lot of the, that interesting, mm-hmm. you know, those apple notes. Um, it's not really, when I'm looking for Saison, this, these aren't the flavors I'm necessarily right. looking for doesn't mean I'm not enjoying the beer, you know. For these me, these aren't the flavors you're looking. These for. aren't the flavors I'm looking for. <laughs> or these are the flavors. I don't know, but uh, 
you know, when I think Saison, I think something more golden, more rustic, yep. drier. Yes, absolutely. You know, that kind of thing. And and this guy is reminding more of a multi-single or a light double. Yeah. Or, you know, like if you oh, look at... Or a light triple even. I mean, it's, yeah, it can I'm, go in that area. There's, you know, so much toffee and stuff in here. I would hesitate to call it a triple. But, you know, like think of a couple of the Unibrew beers. Um which one am I trying to think of? Um, Twa, no, Twa Pistoles is is pretty dry, so that's not the one I'm thinking of. I think you could call this an imperial farmhouse and get away with it. You could. Uh, you know, the kind of, you know, since we're talking about bigger beers, Golden Drock is kind of similar to that. Golden Drock strikes me more barley wine-ish, but I haven't had it in a long time, so... It does have a barley wine character to it, but if you dial it... If you walk back from that direction towards okay. where we're at, you know, yeah, yeah, it then, gets then I can see, yeah, I can see where you're coming from. So a slightly, mm-hmm. slightly less intoxicating golden dry, yeah. So and, and less heavy, less syrupy, but still has some syrupy qualities to it. It has some viscosity to it, thanks to uh, the alcohol. Checking the pens. How are the pens doing? I was looking to see if on my Twitter feed there was... Oh, here we are. Um, it was 2-1 the last I saw. And come on, give me a score. End of two. Pens are up 3-1. Nice. That's awesome because the Caps dominated the first period. And Flurry kept the score at zero. Flurry, the goalie. goalie? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, goalie was standing on his head and... Um, Keeping, that seems to be hard to defend. Keeping the yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really hard to save. When, but uh, he kept the pens in the game because the Caps are just beaten. They were relentless in the first period. So I don't know. The second period just ended. Penguins scored three goals and hopefully uh, put those Caps in their place. I noticed as I was driving into uh, to your place, you have uh, a political sign up, but it's not a political sign. It's a pen, it's a go pens oh, like yeah. play off <laughs> hockey sign, but it looks just like a political sign. <laughs> Yeah, they give them out. I don't know where Heather got them, but yeah. they, I think Dix or something they hand them out for the playoffs. Max wanted it, so we went and got it. That explains a lot. So, what is next? What are next? What are next? Um, what a black ale. What's a, what do you think about a black ale? Sure. Bring on a black ale. Not a black lager, not a Schwarz beer. A black ale. Cara de Luna. Crazy Mountain Brewing Company. This is one Dave brought back. Brought back, you know, Dave's parents brought back. Five percent alcohol volume, twenty-five IBU. This is from, as you said, Crazy Mountain, which is in Colorado, Denver, and Vale. They call it a mutt of a beer. German hops, Belgian malt, American yeast. That's to make curious. a black German pale ale. Something new. Uh, yeah, the color is black. I mean, very or extraordinarily dark red, I suppose, as you look at the highlights. Yeah, again, there's like sort of an amberish height if you hold up to the light. Uh, about a finger's worth of a. Um, hmm, that's you got an owl human lizard chimera on the label there. Ah, uh, yes. I think maybe the name's, maybe that's the name of the creature. Uh, Sohalia. So, yeah, it's an owl. 
owl head and kind of owl like feathers covering most of the body. Um, but the body shape is that of a human with breasts. With with breasts, the 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 legs are human and they look like human male, and the. <laughs> The arms are human except for the ends are like lizard like. And they're the, the end of the yeah, the end of the hands, even though they're five fingered mm-hmm. with a thumb. <laughs> they're scaled. <laughs> with, <laughs> they're scaled and they have claws. And it's got a beak and you know. Kinda of reminds me of where the wild things are. Yeah, yeah. That now that I think about it, it does. You're right. The the art style is very reminiscent. Oh, it has wings too. Well, it is now. I mean, so we wouldn't want to ground the owl. Yeah. All right. So beer pours a dark brown. It has bat wings, though. You can see. You can see through it. It's pretty clear, kind of a brownish ruby. You need less an evolution because you don't just get wings. It's a chimera. Bat wings, which are its hands. <laughs> Maybe it had four arms. <laughs> The uh, the aroma's curious, and I think it's the Belgian malts or something. Or I don't I don't know because what I'm smelling is like byproduct of Belgian yeast. But you know, Belgian malts wouldn't necessarily go that direction on its own. And it didn't say candy sugar, but it has this strange sweetness to it, almost like um, dried cherries. Okay, I can see that. And. It's playing or with... any any real dried like raisin or dried cranberries, mm-hmm. any yeah, of those yeah, things. Yeah. yeah, yeah, cranberries would work as well. And but there's something else going on there. Maybe it's like the the black malt or chocolate malt or however they're getting the color on this thing. It's kind of almost like a chocolate covered cherry, I guess, is what I'm getting on the aroma. That's different. It's got some Schwarzbier-like qualities with a little mm-hmm. bit of a of a hmm. portery chocolate and slightly astringent note um, in the malts. Um, got some sweetness as well, and it's the hoppiness is sort of uh, just a little bracing, just enough to kind of um, add a little bit of. Uh, an inflection to the beer. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, that's that's a new one for me. This is Crazy Mountains uh, Cara de Luna Black Ale. And, uh, you know, Greg said um, I'm, I'm in game with. Uh, it does have kind of that dry, sooty, black, Schwartz beer type flavor up mm-hmm. front. But then, you know, because it's an ale and American yeast and, and whatever else magic they did in here, it kind of goes towards that chocolate-covered cherry for a bit. But then it finishes pretty, pretty... How do I want to describe it? Um, crisp but lingering. Like, there's this, <laughs> is it like, like a lot of the stuff goes away fast, right. and then it lingers kind of with at, that... At the end, sort of the hops sort of overtake it, and, mm-hmm. and the... They wash the re- most of the rest of the, of the flavors away, and you're getting kind of a lingering hoppiness with with just a little bit of um, just just a little bit of, of the astringency from the malt as well. 
Yeah, you know, and, as I'm drinking this, it has more of a pale ale type character at the finish there. You know, I'm getting something that is um, a little bit orangey, mm-hmm. and you know, you really can't taste the orangey the first couple of sips because of all the darkness right. and whatnot here. But you know, as I'm drinking it, it does feel a little more cascady or something like that. So they call it a black German pale ale in their description. I don't know what the German has to do with it. Uh, but black pale ale, I would, I would kind of agree with. I mean, it does taste like there's vitamin malt in here, right? It does taste like the vitamin source malt, you know, the black malt. Yeah, because there's kind of is that. But, but is that necessarily German? Does that distinctly because it has imported ingredients? No, I, yeah. I don't. I'm, it, it's a nitpick, really. I don't care. Um, trying, just trying to fit with what their marketing is saying right. is is. Kind of the, the the blackness does seem like there's some vitamin dehust, um, you know, black mold in here, like you get in a lot of sports beer. This is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Crazy Mountain. This I'm not sure if I've had. I know we've never sat down and drank a Crazy Mountain together. Uh, we may have had it, you know, at a beer fest or something like mm-hmm. that, but. Uh, this is the first time actually paying attention to it, and this is good. And it's it's a weird combination. They said a mutt of a beer, yeah. And it's it's not muddy. It's it's a new flavor combination that I I think has merit. I mean, is it going to be the new hotness that everyone's drinking? No, but uh, it's worth trying. Yes, I like it. It's worth trying. Always like trying something new. Mm-hmm. It's hard to be surprised. Anymore. Well, speaking of surprises, we're not going to surprise you at all with this segment. <laughs> you know, when you, you go on the internet and you do your online shopping at that uh, Amazon thing, you don't go to Amazon.com. Never go to Amazon.com. Never, not ever. And don't use that mobile app because you can't get referrals through the mobile app. Right. Sit down at your, turn on your computer and dial it up with that modem. <laughs> And, and go to your web browser and then type in craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. The next thing you will see is the Amazon shopping website. But it also gets us a referral link. And anything you buy helps support the show. It doesn't cost you a penny more. So, you know, use that desktop computer. Yeah. The dusty thing in the corner that's beside, you know, that you're... That's you know behind your iPad charger. This is what we do instead of advertising, folks. <laughs> okay, so two beers left. Probably uh, end this of one the, the looks pepper like at the it's end. Re, like experimental, and it's like the it's thermometer is super full, so that could be okay. That could be painful beer. So let's do the other one first. Yeah. So Martin City has their Hard Way IPA. Martin City Brewing Company is in some place. Martin City, probably. Which is? America. <laughs> F yeah! Martin City is Kansas in Kansas City. City, Kansas City, Missouri, though. Kansas City, Missouri. So, they call it American Style IPA. Uh... I wonder if Hardway has to do That's with weird. the Budweiser commercial from Why Right, do it the... Uh, we do it the hard, hard way. way. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, no other information on their website about this fear. Oh, other than they triple dry up. No, the aroma kind of leads to that. I was looking at the the uh, canned on date at the bottom. It looks like it was canned on March 14th. So, yeah, pretty fresh. You know, within a month or so. Yeah, a little over a month. It smells great still. The aroma is uh, tangerine. mostly tangerine, mostly citrus flavors. You know, it's not very, it doesn't taste, tro- it doesn't smell tropical. It smells citrusy. Color is uh, you know, mixed between straw and golden. That's, that's, it's just a great aroma. Yes, it's straight up citrus, you know, tangerine, touch yeah, of grapefruit. It smells nice. Okay, it comes across as a phase one-ish, midway phase two, mm-hmm. uh, like phase 1.5. Yeah, pr- pretty traditional mm-hmm. uh, American IPA. I mean, very saturated, very juicy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if the thing that's not traditional about it is that it's triple dry hopped and it's really saturated in flavor. But the hopping itself is, is pretty conventional, pretty, it seems to me at yeah, least. Yeah, I mean, if you're targeting citrus flavors, right? Yeah. You know, it's not piney, it's not... Um, Pithy, you know, it's pretty juicy. I guess, you know, now I said I'm tasting a little bit of orange pith in there, but, you know, it's. Cascade Centennial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that kind of thing. It could have been, there could be a little other supplements, but it really tastes kind of like a, a well done Cascade mm-hmm. beer. Yeah, there could be like some nugget or something in here, but um, mm-hmm. the primary stuff you're getting is Cascade Centennial. Uh, it doesn't over bitter either, which is nice. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a reasonable bitterness there, but mm-hmm. it's not face stripping bitter. The and a nice, it's it's a pretty golden beer. Nice malt to back it up. Yeah, yeah, has a great balance to it. I dig it. Thanks, Dave. You sent some interesting beers mm-hmm. this evening. The malt is kind of slightly graham crackery, but without the honey. So. Um, yeah. A little toasted. It's really hard to dial in on the malt with all that hop up yeah. front, though. I mean, that's what this beer is. This is a hoppy beer. Definitely. First and foremost. And much like the uh, roller chain, I feel like we're going to run out of things to say right quick on this one because it's... Not much else going on. In, in yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's one or two notes, but, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's... Playing those masterfully. Mm-hmm. I don't know masterfully. Well, I'm, so. right, but I'm saying I'm not saying. You know, sometimes our lack of uh, verboseness is because the beer is not worthy of it, and, and other times is there's just not much to talk about. Yeah, uh, we, we do have the problem of doing an all uh, audio show <laughs> here, where sometimes so we can't just watch don't. The stands. Yeah, so we can't just show you shots of the beer. Or something like that. It's it's good. There's nothing wrong with it. There's um, a lot to like about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's nice to come across a beer that's kind of throwback type flavors mm-hmm. that also have a modern uh, inflection to it, right? Because it's hoppy enough. It's juicy enough. It's sweet, you know, or apparently juicy, sweet, you know, instead of right. 
bitter and dry or something. And so it has this current day inflection with, you know, more of a classic flavor profile. And that's, that's really cool to come across instead of, Oh yeah, it's that grandpa IPA that tastes <laughs> yeah, the same right? right. And it tastes 20 years old, you right. know, or this one has those old flavors, but kind of has a modern, modern feel to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a, is a new, it's a new spin on the same, uh, on the same sort of, uh, the same kind of uh, map for flavors. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to me that most of these beers aren't very showy. Even the one that's, that's new and different isn't really a very showy beer. It doesn't like mm-hmm. isn't excited to to jump out in your, and, and throw things in your face. I would say that the two that that are probably showy. The Sam Adams seems to be a showy kind of beer, just in terms of what it's okay. It, it's doing it it. it in terms of its expression, it feels like a little high alcohol, a little pumped up. And I expect that our last beer is going to be a little sh- more showy because the, <laughs> yeah. the whole point is to is to kind of right. be showy. Uh, you know, yeah, there's there's no whales so yeah. far tonight. Um, none of them are trying to be. There's no imperial stouts. There's no barrel age. There's no sour. They're just beer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I've noticed that the, the beerists started to do kind of... Um, I forget what they're calling them, but should, you know, they were getting into like the the Should I drink that? No, no, no. They weren't getting into should I drink that? They were getting into like previously, all the beers that they were doing were like whale after whale after uh-huh. whale. And like people were sending them like amazing like whales and stuff. And I noticed they started doing kind of shelfy type shows. Uh-huh. You know, like regular found beers. Yeah. And, you know, it, that you know, there's room on both sides, and this is kind of that thing, right? Mm-hmm. Where you know, none of these beers are supposed to be whales, but you know, we found interesting things in some, in many of these. So yeah, there is, there's none of these are bad. They all had interesting things about them or stuff that we could talk about, and they all serve their purpose, right? I mean, not everything has to be show offy. Not everything has mm-hmm. to be right. ridiculous, uh, and. The the industry and the culture is better if that's the case. If mm-hmm. there are standards and standbys and just things you can just have that aren't going to be throwing Absolutely. everything in your face. So, you know, I was kind of on our IPA kick, but my last case of beer that's in the fridge right now, I got... It's, it's still hoppy, but I got Victory Prima Pills, and I'm loving it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been a few... It's probably been five years since I've had a case of pills, Prima Pills, and I'm loving it. Now, it's interesting, though, that I say that, and perhaps the poster child for that, well, not exactly the poster child, but certainly one of the originators of, of the concept, which is having a whole bunch of, of offerings, Boston Beer, we just read a report that they're down 14% year over year. That's huge. They're a major part of craft beer, and for them to be down this big, I'm not saying this is anything necessarily about craft beer itself. Well, we talked a little bit about his op-ed. Yeah. And in the first podcast, we were a little bit off. I, I felt I was a little bit off base because I was going off the Cliff Notes version. And what I thought I understood was, after I read the article, was completely wrong. But he must uh, have known this was this report was coming. So, yeah, what I don't... It under- may have been some of him just sort of softening the blow for investors. In yeah, sense. it could be. The thing I don't understand is... It seems like their easiest growth is 
converting macro drinkers still. That should be Boston beers. No, I don't think so. Because at this point, there are much more interesting stuff in every bar. So, but I mean, okay. But what I'm saying is that the, the and there are plenty of other 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 ways that people are introduced. Beer geeks to have beer. you know they get flagship fatigue and stuff like that, and they also are wary of the big breweries. They want the the little ultra nano thing. So when you're as huge as Boston Beer, and you got to get away from those nano seekers, it seems to me like the easiest market would be to try to keep keep converting the people on the fringe and people that maybe that market has run dry maybe there's been enough maybe, pulling of... maybe maybe you're right but it seems like because the macro market is still 85 percent of the market 88 percent of the market that there should be enough how much that market fringe. is just people who want a simple alcohol delivery system well, sure people but who... i'm saying with 88 percent of of whatever many billion dollar industry there should be enough fringe to, to sway over to your premium product. Well, it's that long tail, right? That keeps getting lower yeah. and lower. Yeah. So I'm not going to argue you about you I'm not going to continue to argue about this. No, no. I, I, I think, you know, you, you bring up an interesting point. I think that there are interesting counters to that. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, uh, it's, you know, it, it's, it's a subject that we're well acquainted with, but not something that we have some total expertise in. So. I really don't like these caricatures on the long shot ladies. Yeah, I don't like those either. So they give they do these caricatures of the the winners. And they they oftentimes make, well, make yeah, the homebrewers look like it's a particular artist they use and, and it makes them They look like eccentric nerd, you know, like <laughs> like, you know, you need to care or Well it's but, not like they sell these on shelves, right? I mean yeah. there's a specific market that they're marketing to yeah. and there's not like a lot of people who are gonna go buy their long shot stuff, so I don't think it really matters that Probably much. Probably doesn't matter in the grand scheme, but you know, it almost seems like it feels to me like they're not taking it seriously mm-hmm. by putting this caricature of this nerdy brewer on the label. Eh, I I I think it at all Measured out. No, I don't think it matters much. It's just kind of... All right, so the last beer we're drinking, I picked up a 12-pack of the Flying Dog Heat Pack. Heat series, Four different hot beers in there, including a habanero stout. What we're drinking tonight is the Experimental Pepper IPA. So Ballast Point, once again, really, Ballast Point is leading the industry. I mean, they have their habanero, Mm -hmm. they have their their fruited, you know, their fruited beers, which really, their fruited IPAs. They're kind of like a tastemaker right now. Yeah. However, like mint, um, Dead Sea, or what was their Imperial Stout called? Uh, I can't think of their. You know, but they've done, they've done some. Oh right, what was that? I know what you're talking about, but, but they did a mint stout. Um, that's the skeleton on the label. I can't think of the name right now. Anyway, I guess they're kind of a tastemaker, but then there's watermelon Dorado. They're if being a tastemaker means sometimes you make mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I, I guess we really don't know much about this beer. Um, hops amplify spice. So what? So do bold varieties. So here that... we go. I got some information, okay. but not much. 7% alcohol by volume. Uh, 40 IBU. Specialty malts are rye and oats. Uh, the yeast is a Chico. Their Chico yeast, which is their traditional yeast. I think they use from almost all their stuff. And hops... 
HBC 291 and HBC 431. So it's not just experimental pepper. Uh, It's experimental hops as well. Do they mention the peppers at all? Um, No, not in the, on their website. Maybe. Yeah. So the, I was wondering whether experimental pepper IPA was experimental IPA with peppers or experimental peppers with IPA. Uh, It's at least experimental IPA with peppers. Right. The aroma kind of doesn't really smell like it's going to be too spicy. Uh, the aroma is... No, not really even getting, you know, really like a cayenne or I think maybe I get just a little hint of kind of a, a pepper in the top of my sinus when I sniff, but what I am smelling is I kind you, of... You wouldn't pick that out. Yeah, no. Yeah. But it kind of does have kind of a tangerine again. and kind of smells a bit like that um, hard way from Martin City. Tangerine, maybe it goes tropical. We can't really tell. It's kind of restrained. All right. Okay, take the sip. There's a moderate spice to it. It's burning kind of the back of my tongue, top of my throat. If you swallow it, the okay, yeah, the 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 burning comes in. Um, not. It's a lot of burning. Um. It's about the, on par with uh, habanero sculpin. Yeah, habanero sculpin is more fruity because it's habanero. But I mean, the amount of amount of spice to it is it's not like it's not like this thing is like painfully spicy. Um, or do you think it is? It's it's more spicy to me. Okay, because it it's even like inflaming my gums. Okay, which the habanero sculpin doesn't do, um, and it's lingering longer. Okay. Yeah, so uh, I'll give you the hops here. So there's four. There's uh, two ninety one, which is uh, the laurel dual purpose hops, which have floral, citrus, free, and herbal uh, qualities. And that's four thirty one, not three forty one. No, is it four thirty one? Yes, four thirty one. Uh, which has floral, citrus, spicy, tropical fruit. So it's more of a tropical um, variety. They say on YCH hops. The the pepper does linger. I like the spicy level. I don't think it's too much. It kind of hangs around for a while. You're you are more tolerant to spicier stuff of sure. spicy stuff than I am. Um, I wouldn't say it's over. It's too spicy because I think that it it has died down since you know since I took that sip. But it, it's mm-hmm. it's. More, it's spicier to me than a habanero scope, and I know some people found that too spicy. So I would say this is if you didn't like habanero scope because it was too spicy, mm-hmm. then don't don't go for that. Okay, one. I can go. With, I can agree. I agree with that completely. The uh, the pepper flavor. There's really not a pepper flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, if there is, it's kind of Thai chili, maybe or cayenne, or really simple. Um, really simple or. So I took that sip and I, I tasted something that was a little bit Serrano-ish. Yeah. You know, you know yeah. Re- relatively simple flavors. Yeah, kind of kind of something that's along the line of black pepper. You mm-hmm. know, you get that kind of um, yeah. spice to it. There's nothing that's fruity like a habanero well, I, I think black pepper is, is, is pretty fruity. Okay. But I mean like a, 
you know, like it's not reminding anything like habanero. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Again, we got to try those non-spicy habaneros. Like yeah, the the nabanada habanada <laughs> habanada. Um, I'm trying to think if there's a bit of maybe they use a bit of ghost pepper to to get some of the spice in there. I mean, I'm not really getting the flavors that I'm accustomed to with ghost pepper, but I'm kind not, of I'd, the kind of the feel. Is, I've had is ghost peppers before. Obviously, in tiny, tiny things, I've never really noticed anything beyond the, simple you, scoville. Did you ever units. try that hot, hot stick that Damien gets at the home show with the ghost pepper in it? He never shared that with you. He got it the so. last two years at the home show, and he gave me a stick this year. It took me all afternoon to eat it, and I was in a little bit of gastrointestinal distress when I was done with it. Um, that's probably where I've learned what. Ghost pepper can taste would, like the most. I would also recommend that if you will go to the Great American Beer Festival, don't drink a bunch of hot pepper beers because <laughs> that put me into gastrointestinal distress for sure. I spent like I had like twenty hot pepper beers and just I was drunk enough to not even think about what that would do in the future, <laughs> and I paid for it. Oh, uh, so yeah, well, I had this this you know this beef stick like a you know Slim Jim type thing. Of, oh, of, okay. So it's a it's a really peppery Slim Jim. Well, it's bigger than a Slim Jim, but, but it's essentially yeah. a, a jerky. Well, a sausage. Okay, right. You know, it's not dried like a jerky, but it's crazy hot. Like you eat like this much, and like you gotta. Wait. What is this? Explain this much to us. So to think listen. of think of a half inch slice that is, or half inch diameter sausage. That is less than a half inch long. So about your the first knuckle of your forefinger. Less than the, yeah, less. Less. Half. So about your fingernail. The, about your the fingernail. fingernail. About your fingernail. Yeah. yeah. And um, boom, it is hot. And, I, you know, I ate, you know, probably what, a six inch stick of this all, over an afternoon. You know, just a little bit at a time. I don't get and, it. The endorphins are awesome. Are they? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the main reason I do it is for the endorphins. Uh, I don't like pain. I don't like the endorphins that come from pain. Uh, I, I no, don't get me wrong. I don't. I like some spice, but I've really, mm-hmm. um, especially since I, I, I guess I've just become more sensitive and and more gassy because of spice, and that has made me. So, so when I talk about the distress I had, and it's, it wasn't the actual depositing the material elsewhere, it was like this, like cramp in my stomach, like, like but very isolated, like a knot, like a fist-sized cramp in my stomach was what I had. Wonderful. Let's talk about the beer again. <laughs> well, it wasn't. It no, been. no, I know, but just you talking about gastro, yeah, distress. It's not sorry. super pleasant. Um, no, so don't don't apologize. Uh, it's it, it it's hot. And I, that's what they're going for. So mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I have no nothing against the beer. I think it works for what they're trying to do. Uh, I, it's definitely, yeah, like I expect, it's a little showy because that's really all it is. Um, and there's really not much else going on that I can, at least that I can taste. Yeah. I, see, for me, it's not it's not a tough guy beer. I think that there's enough quality in here that it's not it's not the the super hot wings you have to sign a release to drink type to eat type thing um 
is it no, the best? No, it's not Cane hop- Creek chili beer either. But I mean, it's yeah. is it the best hot pepper beer? No, it's not. Is it as good as Habanero Sculpin? No, it's not. Not even close. But there's some things going on here. The 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 has a nice tropical citrusy hoppiness to it. I wish the peppers had more dimensionality. Is what I wish. If you're gonna go with this, then yeah. I mean, if you're gonna put peppers in there, then do do something more than just heat. Heat. Um, I can't drink the whole thing. That that's I'm not gonna be doing that. So go ahead. I'll yeah. drink that in the post show, and you can have something else. I guess we rank. I guess we rank. I guess we rank. Greg's favorite beer of the night, the Heat series. I don't even know if it's going to be my last place beer I, because I I appreciated what it was doing. Right. Um, yeah, that, that's it's an interesting way. You can't finish it, but it doesn't mean it was bad. It yeah. just wasn't your thing. Sure. Mm-hmm. I am having a difficult time figuring out what I would put it in last place. Um, all the beers were foundational. You know, they all were, were solid beers. Um, definitely hard luck loser tonight for me. You know, where the last place beer doesn't necessarily d- d- earn its ranking. I'm between the roller chain and the long shot for last place. Mm. And I think I'm going to put the roller chain. And it sucks because... I enjoyed that beer. That's a, it's a great, non-committal, easy-drinking beer that I had no problems with. But, you know, ranking is our preference thing. And, you know, I prefer the other beers ahead of it. I'm going to put the long shot in uh, fifth place. Not a Saison. Don't go for it if you want, you know, if you imagine a Saison is what I imagine a Saison is. Mm-hmm. But if you want something more like a Belgian Abbey, it was okay. It was good. Um... Probably going to go with the Holy Moses in fourth place. For some reason tonight, uh, maybe because, you know, we're sitting down in analytical mode, it didn't seem as good as the Holy Moses I had a couple weeks ago. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed the one I had a couple weeks ago. Tonight was good, but not not really good. Um, I liked, we were talking about how it had that nice full body, and we found out that it used oats in it. And that's a neat little change on a whip beer, or a white ale. With chamomile and cardamom. I'm going to put... I'm going to put the heat in third place. Let me think about that. Maybe I want to demote the heat some more. Maybe I was forgetting about it because it was last. You can always change. I think it's fine there. It doesn't. It's inconsequential in the grand scheme of things. Uh, the heat, I, I liked some of the hops, but like we were just saying, they should have took the opportunity to do more with the pepper. Mm-hmm. The pepper was just adding a burn. And for me, it wasn't, it wasn't a testing burn. It was a run of the mill burn. So I'm looking for something neat. I want some citrusy flavors or something going on. And I mean, if you're going to give me a beer that's trying to make my ears ring because it's so hot... Go ahead and do that. And I might appreciate it because it's a test of a beer. Right. This wasn't a test of a beer, so it kind of fell short of that, if that's what it was going for. And the only reason I say that is because on it is practically at the top of their heat thermometer mm-hmm. on the label. I'm going to put the... 
Okay, well, actually, they have a, a thing here. Hops amplify spice. So what do bold varieties that pack a tropical fruit punch do to the new hottest pepper in the world? So this is using the new hottest pepper in the world, whatever that is. So it's probably some experimental pepper. Yeah. What was that called? Um, Not the ghost pepper, but something. Some new hottest pepper. They didn't use very much of it. No. All right, I'm going to put the Crazy Mountain uh, Cara de Luna in second place. That was that mutt of a beer, that black ale that had uh, some neat things going on in there. That beer was interesting. You know, it's like, I, it's the first time in a long time where I'm like, oh, this beer tastes like nothing I've ever had. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, it's a unique thing so far. And it was a neat amalgamation of sports beer it had this chocolate cherry thing going on in there, which I, I'm still not sure exactly where that comes from, but I enjoyed it. I'm going to put the Martin City uh, Hardway in first place. Uh, triple hot, triple dry hopped um, traditional beer. We talked about how it had that first generation Cascade type flavor, but it didn't feel like a beer that's been brewed the same way for 20 years. It mm-hmm. kind of had a modern inflection to it. And the way things shook out, I just really enjoyed that tonight. That's going to put the top. Uh, my rankings in the sixth place, I'm going to put the Sam Adams, uh, the the long shot Saison. Uh, I just, it really not what I'm looking for when I think of a Saison. And um, just, yeah, not, there were, no, no beer was bad tonight. But I think it was the least impressive of, of the beers we had and least the one that I was sort of enjoyed the least. Uh, because at this point, we're not talking about something, that we, whether it's good or bad, more just whether I No, if they just call this Belgian Ale, would you change your opinion at all? No, probably not. Okay. It'd probably still be in last place. Right. Um, just, yeah, it, it was a little... It didn't have the the the, the notes that I wanted out of the other stuff that I was tasting the beer. So with with regards to the other stuff that I was tasting that didn't didn't come through with, with right. the right uh, mouthfeel or uh, alcohol level or carbonation gotcha. and stuff. So uh, number five, I'm going to put the Flying Dog, this heat. And, and again, it's more because, um, experimental pepper IPA rather, it's more because I, <coughs> excuse me, it's more because I just... Not into the, the the super hot pepper, and, and I really couldn't finish it even. Uh, but I get it, and I don't think it's bad. But uh, just as Jeff was saying, it's like it's 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 non non dimensional with the hot. I, mean, pepper. I understand trying to use the world's hottest pepper, letting people taste that. Whether it's it's not ghost pepper anymore. There's um, it's not Carolina Reaper. I don't right. think it's but it's the same dude that made Carolina Reaper. He's like the prodigy of insanely hot stuff. I don't think I am a super hothead. I don't think I've calibrated my... Like, I've conditioned myself to not appreciate really hot things. Even then... So I don't think this beer is exceptionally hot. Well, even then, I mean, there's just... Even if it were exceptionally hot, and that was, you know, what you're trying to introduce people to... I mean, you're not introducing people to a super hot beer by diluting it enough that I could drink it, but I just didn't like it. Yeah. Uh, and then part of right part of what you, you know your philosophy is what's the point of a super hot beer since you don't necessarily appreciate the endorphins. Mm-hmm. I don't know. My argument was, but 
once you learn to appreciate the endorphins, that is a, a different sense. That's a different flavor. So I, I get a kick out of So don't consider those. this a beginner pepper beer. I mean, it, yeah. if you're into pepper beers, then you might be into this. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it all depends where you are yeah. and how tolerant yeah. you are to hot things. Uh, in fourth place, I'm going to, uh, like you put, the Great Lakes, the Holy Moses. Yeah, there was something that wasn't didn't feel as. Uh... I mean, we've we've tried Holy Moses and other whip beers against like Hoogarden. Hoogarden still remains the best. At so least. the last one I had, like three weeks ago, seemed like it was a lot more aligned with that classic Belgian wit, you know, Hoogarden type. Uh-huh beer and well tonight's tonight's was very different and again but you know when you're sitting down here for this show things taste drastically different when you're casually drinking a beer yeah maybe that's just the outcome of it i mean it's yeah it, it's it's the perception plays a role and of course we're in this environment and we put on our our uh our virtual lab coats and, and go diagnosing, it's, it's different than if we were out yeah. and enjoying something in a different environment. Uh, number three, I'm going to put the uh, Kansas Territory, the uh, which is the roller chain lager, which was a great way to start. Um, nice maltiness, nice little sort of honey malt kick to it, or at least it seemed like that. Uh, in second place, but just like you know, in second place, I'm going to put the Crazy Mountain because again, that was something new, and it was something that was new and not like bad, not great. Like there's still some refinement to do with that kind of. If you want to make other beers along that line, there's definitely some refinement you can do, and some interesting ways you could point. You could have the beer express more of those uh, interesting qualities. But as a, as a mutt of a beer, I, I enjoyed what it was trying to do, and I enjoyed that it was different. But the Martin City was just a more enjoyable beer overall. And that was kind of the most of the night, even though it was relatively simple and uh, and a throwback of sorts. It also had that modern edge, which made it mm-hmm. made it nice. So, yeah. Awesome. It's always good when we agree at the top, you know? Yeah. <laughs> we know what's going on. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Chicago. I mean, Craft Beer Radio. Yeah. Craft Beer Radio is released on the Creative Commons license. It's craftbeerradio.com for more information. If you want to contact us, uh, Twitter, at Jeff Bear. At CBR Greg. At Craft Beer Radio is when we both kind of monitor. Uh, email beer at Craft Beer Radio comes to both of us. And... Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. I really do appreciate that you taking the time to listen to I the do, show. too humbling sometimes thank you and we will be back again very soon 